Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Tara Saraban, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre, and downright stupid criminals and crime stories in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, you'll be hearing a corker of a police interview with a drunk Aussie larrikin who got done for streaking as well as the case of a vain criminal walnut from England who didn't like his mugshot, so he sent the media better pictures of himself to use instead. Alrighty, let's get cracking. 24-year-old larrikin Philip McCulloch was arrested on the 28th of November 2009 for some drunken shenanigans at a wedding that he happened to stumble across. He and his mates spent their weekends drinking enough to kill Andre the Giant and wilding around the beaches and bush on the New South Wales central coast of Australia. As you will hear in his police interview, Phil is quite the true blue Aussie character, which has the potential to be a tad confusing for any non-Australian listeners. So I'll give you a brief explanation of what he's banging on about before playing the clips. That way you can concentrate more on enjoying his colourful narration. Phil and his mate Spence had been drinking for about 24 hours before they were arrested. Their favourite drink at the time was a mysterious unnamed beverage that was 9% alcohol. They got them from the bottle shop, or as he calls it, the bottle-o. Phil refers to the cans as being $4 each or $3 for a four-pack. But he may have still been so drunk at the time of the interview that he'd forgotten how numbers work. He and Spence then hitched a ride with a random dude to the Jenny Dixon Reserve near Lake Haven, about an hour's drive from Sydney. As they were in the car, they drove past a wedding taking place and decided to do a nudie run through it. As you do. Nudie run is the Aussie term for streaking. Old mate Phil here also refers to it as a nud run at times. So he and Spence dropped their strides, or pants, and ran through the stranger's wedding because that's what a certain sector of young Aussie blokes like to do for shits and giggles. I'm sure it was less fun for the people at the wedding having two drunk dudes run amok through proceedings. So someone called the cops to report their drunken, indecent exposure shenanigans. Phil here managed to make a clear getaway by legging it down the street, but Spence was not so lucky. A bunch of women, or sheilers, grabbed some sticks and started hitting them with them. Because that is what you get when you do a nudie run through an Aussie wedding, overpowered and beat down by bridesmaids. 
Then Spence got mad at Phil for taking off a head and leaving him behind to be bashed by a bunch of Sheilas with sticks. <laughs> also during the nudie run, Phil was wearing football shorts and his prized sleeveless Holden jacket, which might have also pissed off Spence, who had fully committed to the nudie part of the nud run. As they ran through the bush, Spence accused Phil of dogging him, which in this context means he committed a low act. Then they got in an argument and both called each other dickheads. Oh, and then they heard the police sirens. <laughs> Let's have a listen. Constable Suki and I are investigating an incident that occurred down at uh, Jenny Dixon. Yep. I'm going to ask you some more questions. You do not have to say or do anything if you do not wish to, but anything you do That's say right. or do will be electronically recorded. Do you understand yep. that? Sweet. No I'll record, uh, your, I'll record our questions, your answers and what you do, and it can be used in evidence in court. Do you understand that? Yep. Alright, Phil. Sweet. Start from the beginning. Tell me what happened today. Well, from the. From how long? From. Well, the allegation. The allegation from, oh, from when we were going to. Doing the nudie run. Alright. Well. And roughly what time and stuff like that? Um, I don't even know what time. I don't even know what bloody date is. Sad the other one was Sunday. Alright. What's the time now? And it's uh, 10 to 7. 10 to 7. Well, it's. What was it, about five o'clock then? Four or five o'clock, yep. I'd say. Yep. Oh, well, yeah, about an hour before that, we went yep. to the bolo. Mm -hmm. They got these bloody $4 drinks, these cans of bloody stuff, and it's $4, and you get um, they're 9%, mm -hmm. $3 for a four-pack, so we got a carton of them. Pretty good. Went and got on them, and then we just bloody drive along, yeah. And then we say this wedding, as you do, mm. you know, bloody pain pissies. Mm. See a wedding, yeah, jump out, boom, drop the strides, yeah. go for a little run down the side and line. Mm. And then I think, I think Spence headed a bit infield, ran around a bit, and then I'm like, we don't know what's coming on. I'm like, fuck it, let's leg it. Oh, and we just legged it down the road. Mm. You know, as, it, as, you, as the average nud run goes, you just leg it, leg it down the road, and and then I look back going, oh yeah, that was sick. And then, and then I look back and I see, I see his beds. I see all these shields come, what are you doing? Bang with these big sticks or something. They're whacking him in there with something. I'm going, what are you doing? I'm going, what oh, shit? And he's going, what are you doing? He's just whipping his head. I'm going, get out of it. Trying to, I'm like, we're trying. And he goes, we're trying to leg it. We're trying to get out of here. Boom. And then just getting chased and getting whacked and, I don't know, I think there was about four of them by the end, bloody kept in there. Yeah, he got overpowered and mm. <laughs> I was even in front of him. For, and, he, and then he went off at me, called me a dogger for, for bloody bailing on him. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not bailing on you, I'm just bloody... I'm not getting whacked in the head by no sticks, by no bloody girls that are... Yeah, and then we... And, then we, and I'm like, what are you doing? Where are we going? What the, what's, what's going on? And, and they're going, and then I'm like, I got what? And he goes, look, I'm like, ah. So we legged in the bush, and then I'm going, you're a dickhead. And he's going, no, you're a dickhead. You dug me. And I'm like, I didn't dog you, man. You dug me, man. I'm like, did not. And he's like, did too. And I'm like, did not. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. so it's a bit pretty much blog's version anyway. Okay. So... When you, when you were in the bush, what happened then? Oh, the, 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 and then we hit all sorry and shit, and I bloody shit myself. Oh, what the fuck? 
Mm. I'm like, what the bloody devil? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, go And he had no pants on, so I gave, because I had my holding jacket on. Mm. Best jacket ever. So I gave him my holding jacket, the slave's holding jacket, gave him that, and I said, just put it on and let's just, let's just go. And then he, then he pulled up and goes, no, you listen here. And he rah, 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 blew up at me. Blowing off that going, hey, you dumb man, you supposed to have my back, and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? So you had a bit of a blue. What happened? What happened when you started running from the scrub? And oh, before we went in the scrub, or no, no, no. You got to the scrub. How did you become in, in, in police when police stopped you? What was oh, happening? Tell me about. Oh, that. we were going in the scrub, and then I'm like, I'm like, mate, we just start arguing, and I'm like, <laughs> bugger you, gave him the finger and said bugger you you're the one bloody doing the nudie run yeah I got me pants on you haven't even got any pants <laughs> <laughs> even though I gave him a jacket which I shouldn't have because it was a sick jacket I think it's down there isn't it you yeah. see it pretty good eh? yeah, yeah and then uh, yeah but um, I think I think got smacked in the head pretty hard and I bloody legged it alright I, so, I was I was pacing in front of him the whole time <laughs> so you've had a bit of a blue and you've, you've gone separate ways yeah so you, where did yeah. you end up I ended up I'm like, bugger it, I'm going to Carl's house. Mm. And went to, went to go on the main road and I seen all cars and I was like, oh, tried to do the strut. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they don't know it was me. Then all these cars just went, woo, smashed me and I'm like, damn it. And then some chick came out of the car and goes, are you the one? Are you the one trying to smash me? And I'm like, what, I didn't do anything. I was playing. I didn't even think I dropped me strides. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It was, wasn't much of a nudie run anyway. Not start out a bit of a fun, fun bit of a mm. bit of a thing, ended up as a bloody not too flash of a mm. thing. <laughs> Next up, the cops tried to get a timeline of the drinking leading up to the not so flash nudie run. In this last section of the police interview, Phil tells us what he can recall of the previous night and day's proceedings which is a little bit blurry. As he said, they went on a massive bender and hadn't slept the night before. It involves more trips to the bottle getting balloons and champers to celebrate their friend Chris's birthday, drinking more 9% mystery drinks, and making like the kid from The NeverEnding Story by pumping their fists through an open car sunroof while yelling. Let's throw to Phil so he can tell us all about it. Oh, and I'm pretty sure the green drink he can't remember the name of is Midori. How much... So, so you're at the bottle shop, and whose car were you in? Were you in yours or...? Um, no, some... I, I can't even know who it is. We hitchhiked, I think. I can't even remember, because we it was Lake Haven. Yeah. And then, I don't know. Okay. We didn't sleep last night in Massive Bender. Oh. Yeah. So you, you've, you've gone from a bottle shop... Yeah, and then we ended up, we ended up, and then we come out, and then... Just once oh, made some microphone, that's all. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and then we bloody argument, and, uh, you know, you tell each other, you made something. How much, what I'm trying to find out is how much you've had to drink, that's what I'm trying to find out. Oh, <laughs> probably a few. Yeah? Probably had a, had a few. How much is a few, do you reckon? Oh. Well, we went to the Betsy last night, and by the time we went back to Spencer's, was, I think, was about four or five in the morning mm-hmm. and then and we had a couple of beers and we listened to listen to uh, Biggie Smalls. You don't know, now you know, you yep. know. We listened to that. 
a couple of times, had a couple of beers there, and then we're like, oh, it's Crizzle's birthday. Crizzle's birthday, our friend's birthday, so we, and then we're like, let's go to our house. So we grabbed a cup, we grabbed a bottle of champers each, mm-hmm. and trotted off down the road. That was about eight in the morning, mm-hmm. I think. Walked down to Crizzle's, that was bloody, had a big balloon, got balloons and shit, mm-hmm. and yeah, Crizzle's birthday. And then we went there, and we got, um, got her, went past the bottle, got a bloody, Oh, I can't remember what That's it's right. called. One of them green drinks, we got one of them. Yeah, have shots of it. Mm-hmm. One of them for his birthday, and I had the balloon, and I popped it, and spilled. We had heaps more of them, and then we ended up going to the beach, had about a million more drinks, and mm-hmm. went out there. So I had a fair few. Oh, no, and then we went and got a cart. Yeah, then we ended up at the end of Lake Haven, got a cart, and these drinks for $3 for a four pack. Mm-hmm. You get four of them. Oh. Best. I mean, it's so good. Three three dollars for a four pack, and then nine percent. So, and we got a carton of them, and we down. So you got a fair bit of drink, in other words. Oh. Yeah. Did you have? Did you drink any of those those nine percenters at Lake Haven before we went down to Jenny Dixon? Uh, on the way, on the way there, yeah. What he scold heaps of them. Right. We got the old mate. The guy was driving had a had a uh, one of them holes in his roof, yeah. you know, in you know, yeah. sunroof. I stood up, went yeah, oh, and scolded, went yeah. Who was driving? Who was driving? Yeah. I don't know, some guy with a bloody... We scared the lift off him. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you know, like on um, Never Ending Story, the guy goes, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that through the sunroof. Yeah. And scolded it, and, yeah, nothing he did the same All thing. Right, so you've ended up with Chitty Dixon, and you, so you've had a fair couple of days with the drinks in here, oh, yeah. and, um, and, and uh, whose idea was it to do the nudie run? Sort of both. Whenever we get a chance, we sort of both do new runs uh, everywhere so we can it, go. It's right. it's so you We're both stupid, yeah. So you're out there at Jenny Nixon, you're going through the park with your grog, and you decide to do a nudie run. Okay, <laughs> just, so just take, your, and take your clothes off. Where's the, where's the grog then? That and scrub as well. Oh, and whoever's car we were with. Oh, it's still there. Yeah, because we just, we just legged out of the car and... And I stayed on the road and he, he, he ventured infield and went around and I think he jumped up on a table and went, ah, okay. and then just, and then we're like, I'm going, what are you doing? And we're laying down the road, I'm going, shit, run, you're getting smacked I'm looking back and he's, Bob, and he's getting smacked in the head and all. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 2019 was an interesting year for vain walnut Stephen Murphy. 33-year-old Stephen, who claims to be better looking than David Beckham, got himself arrested for criminal damage on May 8th. He was having a tantrum at his ex-girlfriend when he damaged both her and her mother's cars. He also gave a beatdown to a wheelie bin during the altercation. 
Stephen's Facebook page tells me he's an utter knob. It's mainly comprised of topless pictures of himself and posts boasting about how attractive he is, interspersed with memes about being a tough guy who you better not mess with, and sookie posts about not being allowed to see his daughter as much as he wants. You know, probably due to the criminal damage he did to his ex and her mum's cars and his predilection for beating up wheelie bins while having rage strokes. But of course, that's not how he sees it. Stephen hails from Boston, Lincolnshire in England and is a former Mr. Boston after winning the Man Beauty pageant there several years back. He was scheduled to front court on the criminal damage charges on July 9th. But instead, the self-proclaimed best-looking guy in town no-showed. Then he spent the next month on the run taunting the police via social media. Because that's just how adult men who consider themselves absolute winners and want to spend more time with their daughters behave. Obviously, appearances are very important to Stephen. So you can only begin to imagine how upset he got when the police released his mugshot to the media while trying to track him down. You see, Steve wasn't a big fan of his mugshot. He thought it was a bad picture of him. And considering how much time he spends looking at and posting pictures of himself, he would be an expert on this topic. When the Lincolnshire reporter published the mugshot with an article on Stephen being wanted by the police, he posted what he considered to be a more flattering photo of himself in the comments and told them to use that instead. (laughs) I should warn you that he appears to be suffering from a punctuation allergy, as none is used in any of his posts or comments ever, which doesn't help the clarity of the ill-advised jumbled word soup he was cooking here. His comment read in full, And if you get my name right and don't put the worst picture of me on these, not when I've been up for three days, then in Boston Cop Shop for two, you might be how to find me. Post this better for you. (laughs) I guess he looks a little bit less like a steroid-using potato in the pic he sent them compared to the mugshot but not enough to make such a big deal about it. When asked by the Lincolnshire reporter why he hadn't handed himself in yet, Stephen replied, I haven't handed myself in because I am above the law. Come on, are you this daft? Ask the police why I've only spent 15 months in jail when I've got away with more than a 100 years. (laughs) He then sent a picture of what appeared to be him doing the rude finger just behind the back of a police officer's head. Oh, so brave. Reporters stated that Steve here was of no fixed address, which is a shame as the International Council of Awesome Parenting was planning on sending him their annual Father of the Year award for this stunt, but they didn't know where to send it. Sad face. Next up, Stevie posted a message to the cops in a Facebook status update which read, I will say when I come in, I run this town, not you. For some reason, he accompanied this with a topless picture of himself with a bunch of 20-pound notes on his chest. 
I mean, every occasion's a great occasion to post a topless picture of yourself, I guess. You know, Christmas, birthdays, Mother's Day, <laughs> cop taunting. Anytime's a good time for a big picture of his manly walnut chest. Hey. Stevie later told reporters he planned to hand himself into the police after sorting out a family dispute. He said... I'm ready to get the court case out of the way now. I promised to hand myself in to Boston Police Station on Monday, August 12th, but there was a method to my madness. We are now in a better place, but I'm still not able to go for walks with my daughter while I am wanted by the police. That's been the toughest part of all of this. Aww. Cue the tiny violins. He went on to say, I think that it's silly that my criminal damage case has been reported all over the world, but if you give me the chance, I'd do it ten times just to get my baby back. Isn't it funny when you hear a story about a total douche canoe who clearly has no idea that they're being a total douche canoe? In their head, their actions are purely motivated and entirely justified, and they feel like they're just being persecuted for no reason. Or possibly because they're just too fantastic and good-looking. Anyway, back to how much he hated his mugshot. (laughs) After speaking to a reporter from Lincolnshire Live, Stephen sent them a different photo, one of him lying on a bed and wearing a cap. He's topless in it because, of course. He told them that if they used this photo in future stories about him and replaced his mugshot with it in previous articles they'd published, he would walk into the Boston police station to give himself up with bells on. But he later went back on this promise and the promise to hand himself in on August 12th. Gee, I bet trying to organise custody arrangements with this slippery game-playing fucker is a breeze, huh? Ironically, the police tracked down Stephen on August 13th, the day after he promised to hand himself in. He was sentenced to two months jail suspended for two years, put on work probation and ordered to do 24 sessions of building better relationships. Magistrates also ordered him to pay £61 in compensation for the damage he caused to his ex and her mother's cars, as well as £620 in court costs. So he got a suspended sentence. It's baffling why he would bother to go on the run when he wasn't looking at any jail time in the first place. I mean, think of all the walks he could have gone on with his daughter if he wasn't so busy being a dick. It's a bit of a shame he didn't end up doing some time in the pokey, though, as at least then the International Council of Awesome Parenting would know where to send his Father of the Year award. It's usually a statuette, but they made a special one just for him. It's a mirror, shaped like his chest, so he can look at his chest in it. To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are short cases that sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. Chilean news reporter Nicholas Crum was filming a live midday broadcast in November last year when something very unusual happened. 
He was on location talking about a house burglary and associated crimes for Chili Vision when a monk parakeet flew down and perched on his shoulder. Nicholas motioned to the camera person to ensure they got a good shot of the parakeet because he thought it was picturesque and not something that happens every day. That's when the punk-ass bird plucked Nicholas's earpiece out of his ear and flew off with it. The shocked reporter tried to take it back, but the bird was too fast for him. He proclaimed, It's just taken my earpiece! But then he had to continue on with the report as he was in the middle of a live broadcast. What a tricksy little avian thief. 6-2, where am I? Ah, uh, you're clear. Early on the morning of August 4th, 2017, landscape gardener Lim Lai Seng got himself some fishbowl noodles for breakfast at a coffee shop in Singapore. The 60-year-old decided to take three toothpicks with him when he left. Then he got on a bus at around 6.20am. Feeling the sadistic urge to puncture a random person's butt, He stuck the three toothpicks into the bus seat next to him with the pointy end sticking upwards. While the driver was checking the bus after his route had been completed, he found the toothpicks and contacted the police. They tracked Lim down and he admitted to setting the same booty booby trap three times the month before as well. It is not known if anyone was penetrated in any way by this unsavoury fuckery. Lim said he was motivated to do this because he was bored and wanted to play a prank, even though he knew it might hurt somebody, which is the kind of nonsensical excuse you'd expect to hear from a dark-sided child. In court on four charges of mischief, the judge told Lim, No one should be excused for doing these things, especially not someone like you, a 60-year-old. Then he fined him $3,600 and ordered him to pay $326 for the damage caused to the bus seats. Whack here. He's wearing a white t-shirt with Bugs Bunny on it. Look at that. In January 2021, 30-year-old Christina Venata was driving her Jeep along I-80 in Utah when she struck the median strip and then hit a semi-trailer. Luckily, nobody was injured in the collision. Highway patrol troopers responded to reports of the crash and noted that Christina swayed while standing, slurred her speech, and had glassy bloodshot eyes. In her inebriated state, Christina was under the impression that she could bribe her way out of any charges. When the cops took her into custody to administer a blood test, she offered them $1,000 to let her go but that didn't work. So she racked her brain for something else to bribe the officers with and decided on tits. Because who doesn't love tits? Men love them, women love them, and babies are booby superfans. Tits. Everybody loves tits. An officer wrote in their report, while at the office, she offered to show me and a female trooper her breasts. Um, apparently they declined. (laughs) Should probably make that clear, shouldn't I? 
According to the police documents, toxicology test results showed that Christina had cocaine and THC in her system on the day of the crash. Investigators also allegedly found LSD, marijuana, methamphetamine, heroin, syringes and an empty beer can in her Jeep. Christina was charged with soliciting a bribe, drug possession and DUI, among other things. I seriously doubt that anyone on earth has spectacular enough tits to get out of that many charges. This brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all future episodes. And if you dug what you heard, please leave a review. Thank you to California Bob One and EG Portland from the USA and Ball Smecker from the UK for doing just that. If you'd like to support this independent podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash world's dumbest criminals. All levels get access to monthly bonus episodes and ad-free episodes, and higher levels also receive some merchandise. I'd like to thank Paul Lusignani and Lee Prather for coming on board as patrons recently. Thank you so much for your support. I released a new patron episode last week. It was about an English old-age pensioner who terrorised her neighbours for sport, dumping crap in their hedges, damaging their cars and hurling abuse at them. As well as a revolting shitheel from the US who liked to creep up on women in public places and inject them with a gross substance. If you're up for more dumb criminals action in your life, you could follow me on Twitter at WDCriminalsPod and Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast. Or you could join our World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast Facebook group. And thanks so much to the phenomenal Lorraine Ledwell for running the group with me. Stay tuned after the closing music to hear a promo for the true crime podcast Eye for an Eye. Till next time, look after yourself, stay out of trouble, and whatever you do, don't commit a crime that makes you end up on this podcast. Hey there, I'm Jules. I'm Lisa. I'm Matt. And we are the hosts of Eye for an Eye podcast. Each week we share a true crime case that truly fascinates us and discuss whether or not Eye for an Eye was met. Does the punishment fit the crime? Was it too harsh? Too lenient? Tune in every Monday to hear our thoughts and make sure to follow us on social media to join the discussion. You can find Eye for an Eye on all listening platforms by searching Eye for an Eye podcast. We hope to see you there. 